You're listening to the Highlighted Podcast, brought to you by All Sports Culture. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another episode of Highlighted and All Sports Culture Podcast. Me and Sam for you guys today know Sully as like we said in the previous podcast he is going to Connecticut and be working the Olympics which is an exciting thing for him um so he'll be gone from the podcast for a couple weeks but me and Sam being the best co-host we are we move we are not you know we're not wounded by this because this is just a small break it's like it's like I'm like a it's like I'm Mike Tyson and a little kid like punches me yeah, we can maybe feel a little bit of it, but it won't affect us at all. So anyway, what we got for you guys today is we are going to be doing, or what we put on our story last night is we sent, asked you guys, the followers to send in some takes, predictions, anything related to sports, um, of all sports, not just NFL. I know NFL is coming up this weekend. We got really good games, which we'll be talking about on next week's podcast. Um, but today wanted to switch it up. We are all sports culture indeed. So I wanted to kind of talk about all things sports also felt like we couldn't do a draft without Sully. So kind of just thought this would be a great alternative, a little thing that makes everyone happy. So Sam, you got the takes ready, right? Of course I do, Kurt. Perfect. Of course I do. I'm always ready for stuff like this. So Sam will read off the questions, takes, whatever you guys put, and then we'll discuss um, so I will, so if you obviously send in one, make sure to listen to this episode, we will hopefully get through maybe not all, but most of them. Uh, so stay tuned and, uh, yeah, should be a good one. All right. You ready, Curtis? <coughs> I was born ready. Of course you are. All right. Let's start off with the, the nice topic. Michael Phelps is the goat of all athletes. And this comes from Joe underscore G underscore Oh six. Who did we do? Who did we all decide for a goat of all goats? We said Gretzky. I, now, I I still think that is a very valid answer. I kind of um, changed my opinion. I kind of have to. Um, to a certain athlete, not Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is definitely in there in that conversation. I remember he was a top four in our, in our bracket. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And he's obviously the greatest olympian ever like that's no debate there might be a different person i'm thinking of all right who, who are you thinking of i'm thinking of simone biles perchance or or no. serena williams dude i don't think simone i like I serena know. though i do like serena i would have they, no problem with that they one. purpose let me tell you how cracked simone bile is she they is. purposely they purposely make it harder for her they purposely weaken the, the matchups for her so she doesn't utterly dominate the competition, even though she always utterly dominates the competition. Yeah. When you have to actively change your sport that you are participating in just to lower the competition for one of the players and make it a more even matchup, that should tell you everything. But I think she definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Gretzky, definitely. Michael Phelps, you could definitely make a case. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for sure. Um, so that's a respectable opinion. Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Tiger Woods. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. 142 consecutive made cuts in a row. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, I think it was Spieth this past weekend or like whatever. Uh, lost he made like 20 in a row which was like the most we've seen in like a couple years or like in a while and then you just see tiger woods's and it's 132 which is fucking absurd um so that's who i'm thinking of but if you said gretzky i'd have no problem with that gretzky and phelps i'm not sorry phelps gretzky and woods are kind of the two i'm thinking of but i wouldn't have any problem if you said phelps or even serena williams like there's a lot of great candidates out there a lot of them are Olympians too, which is kind of funny. To hey, think we got about. the we got the Olympics coming back up. I'm excited. Sully, for it. my man. I know. He's got I'm, it. I'm excited for it. I actually, <laughs> I will be tuned in. Uh, like Sean White, see if he can uh, get the elusive whatever gold medal he needs. Which I, it's fucking insane what he does. But whatever. Let's move on. All right. This one we also. By the way, we got a ton of hockey. So. Uh, I'm reading takes because I got to feel somewhat involved when I bring up hockey takes because yeah. this is basically me throwing a ball up to Kurt for him to take the lead on it. I don't know how much y'all know. You know, I haven't really been, really been following the hockey this year, but we'll see. We'll see what I got up my sleeve. Okay. A Vander Kane will be a good move and play well for the Oilers if he stays off suspension. That's from Jack Gallant 09. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Vander Kane, there was never an, like a problem with his on-ice talent. Um, and obviously, you look at what he's done off the ice, the gambling, and you, there's loads of stuff that he's done, which is why teams aren't taking risk, and he has that suspension going on. The thing with Edmonton is I can see why so many fans are wanting this move to be made is because outside, and we've talked about this on the podcast, when we talk about hockey and we talk about the Oilers and anyone in the hockey world understands this, Outside of Dreisaitl and McDavid, the Oilers have done a really, really bad job of making a successful team with two out of the three top players in the league. Like when you have two top three players on your team, you need to be in the contending every single year. And they're hitting that prime point to where you cannot waste talent. And look, it's going to be a situation kind of similar to Gretzky when he went off to LA during his prime. And it's kind of because there was just a way better situation there with the Kings and he won more cups there as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think obviously, and I'm saying that because I think McDavid, I don't think he's going to be the hockey goat because that belongs to Gretzky. I don't think anyone will ever touch that in a while, but I've said countless times, I think McDavid has the potential to be a top three player of all time. The guy's unreal on ice. Um, and it's a shame that it's getting wasted with Edmonton, such a horrible organization that doesn't know how to use uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid, you know, in a good way. I mean, their defense for so many years has looked so lackluster. And then in 2019, no, sorry, 2020, I think it was when they played Chicago in the first round as a two seed, then they lose in the first round and you think, okay, that was maybe our chance. And we kind of blew it. So Edmonton definitely hasn't been doing anything to really help their case to get Evander Kane, because if you make a trade for Evander Kane, you have to go all in, in this instance, because you now have three quality top offensive men, but how are you really going to do that when your balance of your team is not that good? So I think Edmonton's in a weird spot. Um, you kind of do have to go and get these big target guys in order to be successful. Ed Vander Kane's definitely one, but let's not act like Evander Kane's a top 20 player in the league. Like we're not acting like they're getting fucking Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Like that's not <laughs> what it is at all. Um, but you do have two of the best players and getting another supporting cast definitely helps, but Edmonton's got to fix things and they got to fix it soon. 
Yeah. That's yeah. my take. That's a good take. Thank you. I, I'm you. sure you're right. I, I, um, I don't know. You, my, <laughs> my other takes in the other sports are not so good. So, you know. Uh, we got an interesting one here. And we talked about this about a month ago. So okay. we might have had our opinions change a month or two ago. Um, it was also a No Sully podcast. Um, the, this is from Andrew Brannon, 31. The MLB will reach an agreement with the MLBPA by mid-February. I don't think so. Um, but I remember a few months ago when we talked about this, we both were like, the season's not going to be 162 games like it normally is where yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be shortened. Training's going to get pushed back. Um, it was not looking right. They didn't talk at all in December. Uh, they just didn't do it. And then apparent, but I will say the reporting around the conversations as of late has been better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and it's sounding like some things are going to be pretty much set in stone, like universal DH. Finally, uh, some people hate it. I think it's way too lately added. It's um, just the old people who are like, oh, we still need the pitchers. That's why. Uh, and it's like, I'm like, the game is changing. Like, let's yeah, just, let's just do it. It's going to happen eventually. Why not happen now? Yeah, I just think it's dumb. But yeah. um, I don't agree with this, but I do actually think we will get a season this year um, for sure. But I don't know. I don't know about mid-February. Right. I mean, because you look at mid-February and that's in two weeks from now, which is I mean, that's probably not yeah. going to happen based on yeah. what we've heard. What, like kind of agreeing with you, what it's good that we've he been hearing is at least that even though no deal has been met, they're constantly meeting or at least communicating with one another, which is all you can ask for at this point. Because like you said, kind of right after the season, we all had the assumption that they were just so against each other and their beliefs that it wasn't even going to get to the point where they're communicating with each other. At least now we're sitting in January and they're both have the goal of, all right, we're going to try and get the season in. It's just, how can we do it? Obviously they have two way separate viewpoints on it. Um, but at least the communications happening and the in-person meetings are occurring. And that's all you can ask for to try and get to a resolution. So I agree. I think it's going to, I, I, I think I was pretty much in agreement with you um, when we talked about it, how it's probably not going to start on time. Um, but if there was still going to be a season, it was just gonna be a shortened season. Now I think there's a good chance that we could get the whole season if things that we've seen in the last couple of days slash weeks uh, continue on for some time. Agreed. Agreed. Nice. nice. Uh, this next one's from Joseph Naiman. Come on, Joseph. Tech Give us a take. I think we'll both be fully agreeing with this. Texas will never be back. I disagree. Oh. When do you think they'll be back? I don't think they're going to be. I Everyone think says every year. It's like the Cowboys. Well, yeah. Know, I, I, it's well, not going to happen. So here's the thing with Texas. Um, and they go to the SEC. They're going to the SEC with Oklahoma, as we all know. And they're going to get their shit fucked. Yeah. Like, we, we know that's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. But I'm excited to see the direction they take because I still believe in Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I know when we talked to Max Brown, he had a lot of positives to say about Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and when he was the OC at Alabama, he did a lot of great things in the national championship against Ohio State throughout the whole year. It's one of the best offenses we've seen. I know the talent was on the field with 
Um, there was loads of talent on the field with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, uh, Mac Jones, but in, still in the regard, the offense was great. And there were moments throughout the Texas year where it looked really good the first half against Oklahoma. I mean, that was a great offense um, and things were kind of clicking as the year went on. It kind of went downhill per se, but they do get Quinn Ewers next year, who was the number one recruit in America, went to Ohio State, which was weird because he didn't play his high school year to go Ohio State is the fourth string, yeah, which I guess yeah. I get because <laughs> the coaching at Ohio State's better than your high school, but I'd rather win a state title with my high school than not play at all. Like I feel yeah. like the reps and getting that's more important than like coaching per se. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's going to Texas though. Um, so I think he could do really good. Um, they still have Bijan Robinson, who is probably going to be the best running back in college football next year. Um, so they have offensive pieces. Do not get it twisted. But like you said, Texas, it just seems like we hype them up every year and nothing's going to happen. I think they win maybe like seven games, eight games. Like I'm not saying at any means they're like a national contender, but I do think we're going to see a lot that we like about Texas next year. Um, when I think there are some people who are like, oh, just Texas automatically sucks. I think they're going to be good. The problem is, though, when you join a conference like the SEC, you do it from a financial standpoint, but your chances of winning the whole thing severely decreases. I mean, yeah. their biggest opportunity was in 2012 with Colt McCoy and they yep. fucked that one up. So, yep. Um, yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I, I, I like the moves they've been making recently. And I do agree. I believe in Steve Sarkeesian. It's just the SEC. That's really it. Like if that's I, the thing is it's like, even like take, let's look at LSU in 2019 because you're going to have sec teams that are like LSU that kind of come out of nowhere and make a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. Like take Texas A&M for an example, they have the number two recruiting class next year. They are so capable of winning 10 games. It's just from top to bottom. It's easily the best team in our conference of college football. So, well, it's not even close. And I mean, they're going to get their shit kicked in next year or whatever. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. Um, it's coming soon. doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, though, because when they join, they're still going to get their shit kicked in because Bama's still going to be top. We're probably LSU is going to be back up there with Brian Kelly there. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma's still probably going to be pretty good. And, you know, Georgia, like all these teams <laughs> in the SEC are just – it's so, such a good conference. And Texas is going to have to wait a bit, in my opinion, for them to get back on top. But um, maybe in Ewers junior year, maybe. Yeah. It's like I the soonest I think they can do it. But I also think if he, if Texas goes, let's say they win seven games and then seven, around seven wins the first two years he's there. I think that's realistic. And like, you're thinking to yourself, if there's a team out there like Georgia, who's rocking with a Stetson Bennett type quarterback, yep. they want to yep. go all in to get him for his last year in eligibility. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to stay in Texas his whole career. Um, I know he now has the eligibility to play three years. So I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be intriguing to see um, because think about it. He could explode next year in a sophomore year. And I think because he sat at Ohio State, he'd be ready. Like he can declare then, which is absurd. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he went to Texas because he's it's where he's from and everything, I guess. Yeah. So maybe he wants to hold out there, but – we never really know. Transfers are yeah. weird. I hate um, the transfer portal, but 
Whatever. I won't hate it if something happens. Uh, we'll talk about that probably today as well because yeah. I just want to talk about it anyways. <laughs> if no one submitted a take about it. Um, okay, let's do an NFL take because we haven't had one of those yet. Uh, okay, this one comes from Ray White and Blue. Very clever. <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> Evan Neal goes first overall to the Jaguars. Well, he didn't say the Jaguars, but it's going to be the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars could trade the pick. We don't know. But with a class that doesn't have a quarterback at the top of it, I highly doubt first pick's going to get traded. Um, there's not a there's not a prospect in this class that is so clearly first overall, you know? Like, there's three guys that are in the mix for it. Um, may, mo, I would actually say there's two, but – with the Jaguar situation, it's three. Um, and so I highly doubt that pick's going to be very coveted. Like it was like, it would have been in 2021 or 2020 with Joe Burrow and, and Trevor Lawrence. So uh, Jaguars are probably going to be here and Evan Neal. So personally, cause it's sounding like they're trying to get Byron Leftwich. And they're having a big struggle right now because apparently Byron Leftwich doesn't want to be their head coach if Trent Balky's the GM. He's trying to get uh, – it was reported the other night that by very reputable Jaguar sources um, that Byron Leftwich was like a done deal. Um, so everyone was like, oh, they got Byron Leftwich sick. But it's come out now that he is not going to accept the job unless they get rid of Trent Balky and hire uh, the Cardinals like VP – like their second in command of uh, Steve, Steve Kime. And that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. You get an offensive coach in there. I think Byron Leftwich would be a great hire for the Jaguars. And obviously that offensive line in Jacksonville was a fucking travesty and getting Evan Neal, who's, mm, I wouldn't say he was a better, he's a better prospect than Penny Sewell. Um, but he's up there for sure. He's kind of, I kind of view him how I viewed Rashawn Slater last year. I think they're both like really good prospects with their own traits. But yeah, if I had to guess, I still think Aiden goes first, but I think it's very plausible since it's the Jaguars. And yeah. Trying to prioritize Trevor. I agree. And I think I agree. There's only two or three I can consider, but I've been seeing so many mocks and like, weird reports not that i think this is going to happen at all that ikwanu could go number one which i think here the thing with the draft is that i i never look too much into mock drafts or like projections right now per se because so yeah. much is going to change in the course mm -hmm. of three months like rumors reports blah 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 all that is just going to be totally different i agree though and you're in that number one spot Unless you want to go QB, you always just take best player available. And I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. So I think Hutchinson will go one. Um, and you pair him up with Josh Allen, which I think everyone has just been talking about. That would be a great pass rush on both sides. But, um, yeah, like you said, if your number one priority is protecting Trevor Lawrence, which you can't blame anyone for prioritizing that, and you don't really go for after in free agency – then maybe that's something they really look into. And Evan Neal with the first overall pick is something I wouldn't hate in any means. So, Yeah, I don't think they really can go wrong with any of those three guys. Um, 
I personally would pick Aiden. That's just me because I think this tackle class is strong. Um, but, and I think the Jags have money to spend and there's some good offensive line options and free agency. So I personally would go the avenue of getting veteran offensive line talent for Trevor. Um, like try and if you're going to hire Byron Leftwich, do all you can to sign run, but their center, the center they have in Jacksonville is already pretty good, but in that kind of case, because the, uh, the Buccaneers are going to be losing some guys, try and sign Chris Godwin. I would do that for sure. Um, just do anything you can to help Trevor. But I, if you took any of those three guys, I'd be okay with it. Um, I obviously have preferences, but I mean, you can't really go wrong with any of those top three, but yeah, the Aquamu talk is really getting like, it's serious right yeah, now. I know. He's like a perennial top four pick right now. Yeah. Um, the furthest he's gone down is probably the giants at five. It's, it's, it's looking like we're going to get two edges and two tackles in the first four picks, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Also FYI, I will be, I will be doing the draft stream with you guys today. I have finals during the week. Of the today. Draft. What am I saying today? <laughs> I, I wish fi- the draft was I have today. finals during the draft week. So I unfortunately cannot go this year. So I will wow. be, uh, I'll be watching with you and Sully on the live stream. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'll be Good here shit. this year. Don't you worry. And then That's by awesome. next year, we'll actually be at the stu- at the draft altogether. And we'll have like our own podium. Um, and we'll be talking live from the draft. Where's the draft next year? Cleveland. Kansas City. <laughs> oh, it's Kansas City. Oh. Yeah. Wait, I no, went, wasn't Cleveland this year? I forgot. Yeah, I went to Cleveland, and, and that city is a shit show. Yeah. Oh God, it was. I mean, it was fun, but oh, I'd much rather go to Vegas. I mean, who wouldn't? But yeah, I, I don't know how Kansas City would be because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. I think it'd be good, cool. I think it'd be cool. And Kansas City, their fans will make it as fun as it can. So definitely, they got yeah. one of the best fan bases in the NFL. Exactly. All right. Uh, but yeah, Evan Neal going first. That's plausible. Definitely for sure. I wouldn't do it, but I think it's very plausible. Um, this one comes from Hayden Jacobson, 19. The LA Kings will make the playoffs and win a series. <clears throat> All right. Um, in typical LA Kings fashion, that probably won't happen. But the Kings have been playing really well. I said it, I think, a little bit ago on this podcast. They do have a lot of young talent. Um, the Kings have been kind of a laughing stock for the last couple of years. Obviously, we saw back in, I think it was 2012 when they played the Rangers and won the Cup as an eight seed, which was pretty fucking fantastic. I can't believe they did that. Ever since then, it's been pretty much downhill for this Kings team, um, who, I mean, should be a storied franchise. You've got Gretzky, which we just talked about a little bit ago. Um, so the Kings not being good has not been good, but they have been getting better and they made a lot of good moves. I like the, the direction that they're heading in. I could definitely see them winning a series. It's just, there's a lot of teams like the Kings out there that are capable of winning series, um, especially on the West that I don't know if I would put them as a winner of a series, but I definitely could see it happening. Um, so I don't hate the take. I just kind of disagree with it. Oh. The NHL is so weird this year. Like from top to bottom, you can make a case for a lot of teams making the playoffs and you can make a case for a lot of things happening. Like there's no clear cut Mm -hmm. um, Stanley Cup winner. There's no clear cut elite status teams. It's going to be a fun one. I think this next one's really interesting. Okay. Um, 
This one comes from Mariners HQ. Damn, I wonder what team this is going to be about. Uh, the Mariners will win a World Series in the next three years with Julio, Glensick, Gilbert, and Brash. Um, uh, do you want me to lead off, or do you want to lead off? I'll just, I'll off? just say, I'll go quickly. Look, I, I feel like we fall into this trap a lot with like loving such a young, energetic team that we are like, oh, well in like a couple of years, they're going to win the world series because they were just so close this year. Like, obviously it came down to the last day of if they were going to make the playoffs. A lot of people were buying into it. Um, that eighth run in the, the eighth inning in their last home game was super electric and fans just kind of bought into that whole stigma and wanted to root for them going to the playoffs. So I disagree. I don't think they're going to win the world series in the next three years. Not to say that I'm not a fan of what they've produced and the young talent they brought in just like, he's referenced and Sam, you just mentioned. Um, but this Mariners team, I think it's just an idea of us buying into a young team that a lot of people love. Like I'm trying to compare it to another sport. Um, like, I don't know if the bills, not the bills per se, but I feel like last year we were kind of saying like, Oh, the bills are going to win the Super Bowl in the next like three years because they were close to beating the chiefs. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, like are the bills like now, okay, but don't take this year into account. Like at the time last year, I was like, I don't know, are they actually going to? Um, so I kind of just look at it in that regard. I think they're going to make the playoffs next year. And I think definitely in the next three years, they could work towards being their goal being World Series contenders, but I don't think they'll win one. I think they're definitely making the playoffs next year as well. Um, if you look at the AL, I think Toronto will be in that mix. I think the Rays will still be in the mix. The White Sox, I think the Guardians will be as well. Um, and then I think the Mariners are probably the favorite in the West. Would you agree? I, I think they're definitely in there um, because the Astros are – now they didn't have Justin Verlander this year. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, but they're going to be losing some pieces like Carlos Correa – I mean, that's a huge loss. Correa was uh, so good in the World Series. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, losing him is going to be huge. Like, just genuinely massive because he's not going to come back. He wants so much money. He he, he's Which, not going to. Go for it. It's warranted. I mean, he's yeah. an incredible player. Um, Granke is a free agent, so we don't know where he'll be at. And then they've already lost Kendall Graveman, who is a big reliever for them. Uh, that they actually got from the Mariners, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think they might be the favorite in the West next year, maybe. I mean, I think they're definitely going to be top two for sure. Um, it's between them and the Astros. And the rest of that division just isn't scared. I mean, the Rangers could maybe make some noise because they spent like $8 zillion already. Yeah. And free agency hasn't even like fully happened yet. Um but winning a World Series, I mean, I like the roster. I mean, I really like Julio Rodriguez. Robbie Ray was a nice pickup. Uh, Kalensic, obviously, is a stud. Kyle Lewis. There's just a lot of guys that you really like on this team. But World Series, it's hard to win a World That's Series. That's like such a big title. Like World yeah. Series, you're the best team in the league. I don't know. It's tough. You're you're one of 10 teams that make the playoffs. Then you're one of 
and you have to avoid the wild card round where you could be a one and done where anything can happen that game. Literally anything can happen. And you have no, you're, you could be the Dodgers. Like imagine you're the Dodgers last year. Okay. And you are a over a hundred win team. You're arguably the best wild card team in the history of baseball. And you get forced into the fucking wild card because you had the other better team, the best team in the MLB in the regular season, make it in the playoffs just over you. And you're, you have the second best record in MLB and then you get a one and done game. Like imagine that, like that can always happen. And it's just, it's hard to win the world series. Like no one thought the Braves would win the world series, but they got hot and it just happened. It's baseball is really one of the sports where you can get hot and just win. Well, that's Um, what happened with the Nats when they started in 1931. Don't need to remind me of that. I mean, who gave us a shot and we just were fucking amazing after the 50 games. So we know who gave you a shot. We don't need to recap that. Um, Okay. Next one. Uh, Okay. This one comes from Jack Hamblin. Unfortunately, LeBron and Anthony Davis will figure it out and make the Western conference final no matter what seed they are. Isn't this what was said last year, if I recall? between, I mean, I think everyone <laughs> was saying this. No, they will not make the Western Conference Finals. Ooh. I agree. Uh, I think this Lakers team is terrible as it stands right now. Um, I don't think they're terrible, but they are exactly what we thought they would be. Um, I think we had – I don't remember our standings predictions. I don't even remember them. Um, but Phoenix and Golden State are amazing right now. They look awesome. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is a fucking all-star starter for some reason. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix has just been incredible. Uh, they've been – they haven't lost a beat at all. I mean, some of their off-season pickups have already paid huge dividends for them, like JaVale McGee. Um and then you have like the Grizzlies who look awesome. You have the Jazz who are going to be in there. I mean, I like those all those teams better than the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers literally, it's LeBron James and then Anthony Davis has kind of been up and down this season. He's been injured a lot. And then you have the Russell Westbrook experiment, which has been going exactly how we thought it would go, which was a train wreck. Um and then you have this other, the rest of this roster, which are all washed up older players that would have been a, a fucking super team in 2015, but we're in 2022 and these guys just can't play the same way that they used to. I mean, when you have what their best player as of late has been Malik Monk or one of their best players. I mean, he's their youngest guy, one of their youngest guys. Um, and they really can't trade anyone because they're all minimum contracts. And they're not, no one's going to want Russell Westbrook. I mean, there's been a rumor about Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Um, do that again. Why don't you? Right. What's that going to do for you? I mean, you get better playmaking, I guess, and a much more um, like reserved player, I guess. Uh, but it really doesn't move the needle at all for me. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be really active at the deadline, but they have nothing to trade. It's just going to be that standard package of Taylor Horton Tucker, a 2027 first round pick um, and whatever salary filler they have for whoever they're going to try and get. I don't know who it would be, but they don't really have a lot of options and not a lot of flexibility to make this team any better. So 
I don't know. I, I'm not very high on them this year. And it's kind of weird because they've LeBron was kind of playing like bitch mode the other day about like these other guys not performing and stuff like that. I don't really remember the quote, but it's like they, the Lakers literally did everything they wanted for him this off season. Like they got everyone he wanted because they had a, a rough outcome and they went with Russell Westbrook because LeBron wanted to play with Russell. Brooke. I can't talk Russell Westbrook and it's not working. It's just been bad in every sense. Yeah. There's not really much you need to add. The team fucking sucks. Uh, you're not going to go to the Western Conference Finals when you have a bad team. Does Frank Vogel get fired? Do you think I, he's the scapegoat, the scapegoat for all this? 100%. I thought I he was going to get such a crime, too. I, I think, think that's stupid. What was the game? It was they were home. I don't think it was the Spurs, but they were home and they had like horrible performance. Then they had to go on the road to play Orlando. It was that game where I was like, if he doesn't get in, like a couple of results in these next couple of games, he's out. And then he got a couple wins, which was good. But if he goes on like a five, six game losing streak, he's out. Do you think he deserves it though? I really nah, don't. I don't. Because in 2020, how impressed were we with him? We thought he was a great coach and the they way he great. handled, yeah, their situation was awesome. Um, obviously, it was a better squad than this year per se, um, which is why you can't really fault him in that regard. Um, and look, there's going to be a lot of teams. There's obviously been a lot of, there have been bad teams this year. There have been underperforming teams. So I'm intrigued to see kind of what happens at the end of the year, the direction teams take, if they fire their coach. And if Frank Vogel gets out of his way in LA, a team should be lucky enough to swoop him up. I have a question for you. What is so this? in the past few years with LeBron. Yeah. There seems to be this trend of full scale change on his teams where it's, Either the entire roster gets fucking traded, like the Cavs happened in 2018, where they traded their entire team in one day. Um, I remember that that like two hour span. I was like, I was like, Isaiah Thomas got traded for Jordan Clarkson. What the yeah. fuck? And shit like that. And that obviously was bad. And then obviously he goes to the Lakers and then they trade the entire roster. Uh then he's got a young squad. They trade the whole roster away for Anthony Davis. Now that's warranted. I get that. Um, and then they sign all these guys and they win a championship after signing all those names. And then in the next off season, they completely get, they let a lot of those guys go and they sign all these new players. And for some reason, when they already had a championship squad, that team wasn't good. I know LeBron and AD were hurt throughout the year, but, they weren't good. They didn't work well together. And then they do the exact same thing this year. So I don't know. I'm just kind of get your thoughts on that. If you could pick your brain, if that's like a just I guess a I don't, ironic trend or it's a I don't necessarily think ironic's the right word. I don't think it's anything. I think it's a situation on they understand LeBron is what 38 years old. I think he is. Um I say what you want. I understand everyone's like, oh, he's going to play till he's like 50. Look, I don't want to say he's going to like fall off a cliff because that's what we've been saying to Tom Brady forever, but there's going to reach a point where he's unable to perform at the level he is now. It's just, it's the truth. And say what you want about Tom Brady. He's eventually going to reach a point. And the thing is, we don't know when. I mean, he's 44 years old. I wouldn't be surprised if next year he just doesn't look the same as he always has. And kind of similar to LeBron, I don't think next year per se, but kind of the next couple of years. You're, I'm expecting some sort of 
regression from him, which makes sense because he's 38 years old. So I think the Lakers and any roster, like you said, the Cavaliers would kind of do the same situation where they want to make him as happy as they can. They're going to be like, oh, LeBron, what do we need to incorporate on our team for you to be happy? What do you think it takes for us to win? And they're going to kind of do, do what he thinks is best and what he wants because they know that protecting him and having him on the team. Because if you have LeBron James on your roster, you're in, you're in contention. It does not matter what you else have. Like, I know we're saying LeBron and the Lakers suck, but if they, I will not be really surprised if LeBron leads them to a playoff team as like a six seed, seven seed, and the rest is magic. Because we've seen him perform way too much magic in the NBA playoffs in recent past. Uh, particularly, like you just said, that 2018 Cavs team. So I think it's a situation where they're just trying to go all in on these last couple of years. And if that means shifting the roster, they will do as much as it takes. Definitely makes sense. Um, All right. I'm glad Sully's not here because he would just say, uh, (laughs) and move on. I mean, this happened also with the Heat teams. Like, it's not going to twist it. It happened. Uh, Yeah. Um, It is a trend. That's for sure. But when you have the best, arguably the GOAT of basketball, um, I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, all right. This one I can get behind from Pauly Rootman. Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, Marquette with Shaka Smart will make a Final Four run. Look, um, man, I love you, but probably not. I, I think a lot of people are buying into Marquette to make a deep tournament run, which I'm not necessarily mad about um, because even with Shaka smart, I know his tournament failure has been kind of what has been known about him, but he built a lot of great teams with Texas. And even in his first year here at Marquette, he's built a great team and I'll be the first to say it. I did not think Marquette would be a good team coming out of the big East. I thought Providence, I thought Villanova, UConn would all be better than Marquette, but Marquette, seems like they're just getting it all clicking together, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They are one of the best defensive teams in the country, and it's great to watch, led by Daryl Morsell, who was an ex-Terp. I know everything about him and how good he is on the defensive side of the ball. And you have Justin Lewis, who's just doing it on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of great parts on this Marquette team that I like. Um, I think on the recent bracketology that came out, they were listed as a five-seed. Um, and you know, the last time they were listed as a five seed, John Morant dunked right all over them. So uh, I don't, I don't need to be reminded <laughs> of that game. Let's, uh, let's not have a repeat of that, but I will say this Marquette team are playing really well. And what's surprising about them is they're picking up quality wins, not just at home, but on the road. I know we've talked about it. They beat, um, Villanova on the road and they just beat, what was it? Providence on the road, Seton Hall on the road. Seton um, Hall. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they're getting wins both at, and the thing is with college basketball, you know how the expression goes. If you can win your games at home, you can afford to lose games on the road, but they're doing both to the point where they can make up for lackluster performances if they happen in the middle of the season, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen based on the way they're playing. To answer the original question though, I think Marquette, I'd give them like sweet 16 at the very most elite eight, but I think sweet 16 is a good place to put them at. They are very similar to, like, it's from talent standpoint, Villanova last year. I know Villanova fell off at the end of the year last year because they lost Colin Gillespie, um, but they still had Jalen Samuels, and they, they still were a good team. Don't get it twisted, and that's why they got those first two wins. Um, so I think we could see that happen again. Um, they kind of beat the 12 seed, beat the four seed, and then they run into that one seed in the Sweet 16, and there's no they can't really do anything about it. 
Um, but no, it's a good team. I like Marquette. I know you probably have more to say about this Marquette team, but I don't think they're final four contender. It's so hard to make the final four, especially because you can't just say it's going to be Gonzaga, Auburn, Baylor, Kansas. It's never those top four teams. You could maybe say Zaga. I don't think Auburn makes it. Um, I think, I don't think Auburn makes it. I think Kansas makes it. And I don't think Baylor and then you run into, I just named two one seeds. I think maybe like a three seed and then like an underdog team that maybe could be a six seed. It's just so unpredictable. And that's why we love March Madness so much. Yeah. For those that don't know, I am a Marquette basketball fan. I have been all my life. Uh, D Wade is like my favorite NBA player because of that. Um, yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite Marquette teams I've ever watched. Uh, just pretty sim- plain simple. I mean, this is just a great roster of players. Like, ever since Shaka showed, I mean, we fired Woj last year. Um, I Woj had run his course. I was kind of tired of him. It, it was it was pretty bad near the end, uh, and they fired him surprisingly. And I was very shocked by that. And obviously, with with Shaka Smart getting him from Texas, he completely, completely changed are recruiting like just plain and simple like we started to actually get a lot of transfers obviously um fucking i forgot why am i blanking daryl morsell yeah daryl morsell obviously that's one of them and these guys all of them are playing really great basketball just plain simple and this team has the mold of a team that could get hot in the tournament like it's just what it is it's it's that stereotypical team you could think of do I think it happens though with Shaka's track record, this being the first year the team's together? Probably not. Um, I, I agree. I probably think they cap out at Elite Eight. Um, but man, I would fucking love it. Uh, the last time we were that high of a seed was obviously the John Morant game where he literally got a triple double on us and destroyed us. Uh, it was completely embarrassing. I can't even, I, I turned the game off halfway through. I was so done with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love this team. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite Marquette seasons ever. We're a wagon. We are destroying people. I love it. Uh, we're going to beat Providence this weekend. So that's going to be fun too. Um, but yeah. All right. And also one last thing I said, Jer- uh, Jalen Samuels, when I meant to say Jermaine Samuels, that was oh. bad on my part. Jalen no, Samuels okay. is obviously the you. running back for the Steelers. And I didn't want people to think he plays for uh going up a basketball. So I forgive you. And also one last thing to mention, sorry to keep cutting you off, but according to the latest edition of bracketology, you guys would be playing Murray state in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's not have a repeat of last last time. So. Uh, they don't have John Morant. So yeah, yeah, they, they don't have. Should a be a much better result. Superstar in the NBA. Exactly. Um. All right. This one's more of a question. Uh, which current athletes, all sports, are Hall of Famers if they retired right now? So we can't That's do so young many. Uh, okay, let's do this. Because obviously, like LeBron and shit, you know, Tom Brady. Aaron I actually Rogers. don't think LeBron's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Let's do ones that are like on the fringe. 
like okay. who you think is a hall of fame like name one or two guys that you think out of any sport are a hall of famer if they retired right now that some pe- that it's kind of debatable right now um i look i think with like hardcore nba fans would agree with me in this sense but a lot of casual fans especially this year i think if russell westbrook retired now he'd be a first ballot hall of famer oh yes um, yeah but there no because i've seen around like so many social media that's like russell westbrook's not even a hall of famer and i'm like he did what was the most extraordinary thing which was average a triple double in his MVP two seasons season. in a row right yeah. um so that's the first person i can i'm trying to think of more um that are like Dwight more Howard. on the fringe Dwight Howard's easily a Hall of Famer. I think he easily is too, but some people, obviously, there's a lot of people that started watching the NBA after like 2016, um, and they do not know a lot of guys, uh, that like the older guys. Dwight Howard easily is That 09 Magic team was not good, and he fucking carried it. He Mm -hmm. carried that team. Dwight Howard is a three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. yeah, he carried those teams. When his prime years, he was incredible. Um, who else would there be? Like NFL based? Um, hard to think because it I says know. right now. It's hard to think off the top of my head. I wish I had like suggestions and I could say like if I think they're a Hall of Famer or not. I mean, um, Ben just retired yesterday, but he's a Hall of Famer. That's easy. Yeah, easily. Um. um I don't know. I need a list. Exactly. But what yeah. about like what about Matt Ryan? I don't know. Matt Ryan is that quarterback where I think he's he's really good in between like from the 20s, in between the 20s. But in the red zone, he's fucking useless. <laughs> um that's why Julio Jones never got touchdowns. It's because Matt Ryan's a fucking terrible quarterback in the red zone. That's funny. And I feel terrible for Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts had one touchdown this year. And because Matt Ryan's useless in the red zone. It's going to continue on next year too. Oh God. Don't even remind me. I do. Is he probably not? I don't think he is probably. I think. If he won the Super Bowl, it'd be more of an argument because you have that on your resume, a Super Bowl champ. He has the MVP, which is good. And he was. I don't think he deserves that MVP. Uh, You're wrong. You're wrong. I think Julio is a much better case for MVP than Matt Ryan that year. Not even kidding. Um, Well, whatever. Um, Yeah. You can't just like leave me hanging there. Matt Ryan was so underrated in 2016 like he was not at least to me he was not even like there was no debate on who was going to win that mvp that season like at least in 2017 Mm. with tom brady there was some speculation and i really didn't think tom was going to win it that year with matt in 2016 i was so certain on them their offense was so good fuck kyle shanahan though don't like that dude i don't know a lot of the that year is like the only year where I think a receiver winning an, F- an MVP would have been plausible. Because well, Julio of people Jones, are, a lot of people are thinking it unbelievable. Now. Julio yeah. Jones was unbelievable that he year. Was. He carried that offense. Um, Matt Ryan was very good, though. I will give him that. But if I had to give it to, him, I probably would have given it to Tom Brady that year. Um, 
that's just me uh okay next we pro- we don't have a lot of answers to that one i'm sorry uh okay next one is from uh ham Slurghammer says kurt sucks oh yeah slam <laughs> i don't know who slam is oh man um I can't believe someone would say that. I, it really hurts my feelings. I completely agree with it. All right. I think you're a genius. All right, next. Uh, this one's from Salsa Catalano. Nice. The Browns win the – I'm assuming this is next year. Um, the Browns win the AFC North and make it to the AFC Championship fueled on Baker's rage. Is this me like a year ago? I think this is me disguised as well. This is, was was your take a year ago fueled on Baker's rage, or is it fueled on just your your drive I, for the Browns? Just my obsession with the Browns. I can't do it again. I can't trust the Browns again. I'm done. It's as like as long as Baker's their quarterback. It's like dating. Them. Um, it's like dating just a like needy girl, and she just constantly is wanting stuff. And you just can't take it after a year. Like I gave, I gave her so many chances. Like she'd let me down. She'd do really bad. And I'm like, that's fine. I mean, you still have a chance to be my boyfriend and then, or girlfriend, sorry. And then just, it just didn't work out. And then I separated. That's, that's like what it was. Um, so we're not getting back together. I mean, Brown, but I already, when I wrote that message, it was set in stone with the nice little red letter. I'm never, I don't care about them anymore. Like they're, they're gone. Like I'm now on Tinder looking for a new woman because they're just so go- far yeah, gone Kurt's in the past. On, Kurt's on the Bengals right now. Uh... I'm more kind of, I am big on the Bengals, but I think the Ravens can make a lot of noise too next year. That's true. Definitely true. Um, all right. Especially with getting the Michigan defensive coordinator. That is an interesting hire. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't have anything to talk about the Browns. We've talked about the Browns ad nauseum. This one comes from Richie Ranch. The Chiefs will <laughs> the Chiefs will win the next two games of their season by 14 points plus each. Is it bad that I don't think this is a terrible take? No, I strongly disagree. I disagree with it too. Well, I definitely could see the Bengals one going above 14. Um, but I think whoever they face in the Super Bowl, they won't win by 14. But, like, we, we kind of also forget that we think the Chiefs – I thought the Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl was really good. That was one of the, my favorite Super Bowls, and they still won by 11. Like, yeah, that, you're that, telling that me weird. you're that telling me weird. three yeah. more points, and we're acting like it's out of the realm of possibility? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um yeah, no, I'll go quickly. I mean, if you listen to the last podcast, I said I think since he kind of does what the Browns did last year in the playoffs where they keep it close, but ultimately Kansas City wins. Um, and I think they're going to play the Niners in the Super Bowl, and the Niners will not allow them to win by 14 points. Their defense just won't let that happen. Um, so, yeah, I say no. But sorry, it's all right, kiddo. I don't think the take is terrible, but I disagree with it. Um but yeah, I do think the Chiefs are going to be Super Bowl champions by the end of this. That's just my take. Yeah. Uh, let's do like two, two or three more. Okay. All right. What do you want? What sport do you want? Let's do NBA. 
Oh, interesting. Interesting. I still hate it. Do we, have, do we have any other NBA takes? We didn't get a lot of NBA. Oh, then just do whatever. I don't really care. Oh, okay. 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 Um, sorry, guys. This is bad audio. Bad audio. Let's. Uh, all right. I'll just do this one. This comes from Berghammer Hammy. Um, good last name totally totally not me uh, Caleb Williams is going to go to Wisconsin and they're going to win the uh, Big Ten West and then they're also going to be a playoff team no but I'll, wow. defend, I'll, defend, the, I'll defend you guys a little bit um, if we get Caleb Williams we are a top six team in college football I am very confident in saying that. Uh, top will, eight, at least. Top eight, I'll give you. I definitely think top 10. I think around like the eight to 10 mark is what I put you guys at. Maybe a little bit higher. Wisconsin's always been a very underrated team. We know that their defense is kind of what has carried them. They haven't really had a prolific quarterback um, to lead the way I know the Rose Bowl, which we talked about the other day. <laughs> they, that, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't need it. <sighs> that game it runs in my nightmares. I have so many Rose Bowl losses and it's bizarre. in my head. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I am excited though because um, I do think they'll win the Big Ten West because that is a shitty division. Um, I'm yeah. excited though because they are getting rid of them in 2023, which every conference should do. The divisions suck. There's no point. Just let everyone yep. play each other, and whoever yep. comes out on top. I don't want to see. Georgia and Alabama play. It's just like, and you give basically the other schools in both comp, like both divisions, no chance. It's gonna be them every single year. Yeah. Um. But Caleb Williams is obviously fantastic. I'm kind of excited to see where he lands. Wisconsin seems like a likelihood. USC still up in the mix a little bit. Um. Jackson Dart. Let me. I'm throw out a hot take. I think Jackson Dart is gonna have a better year than matt corral did at ole miss next year a jackson dart is a i don't know why he transferred i was begging i was telling you i was like if Oklahoma, i mean usc should stick with jackson dart i think him and lincoln would be so good he leaves because i thought he was just gonna get fucking caleb but now it looks like caleb could go to wisconsin so well, i thought jackson left because they were gonna get caleb that, like, yeah me too that was after caleb hit the transfer portal so I thought Dart just left because he just thought so, but I don't know. It looks like things are complicated now because Wisconsin hired one fucking tight ends coach to be their OC. And now everything about Caleb Williams coming to Wisconsin. is. I think it'd be very interesting though. I do think they make the big 10 championship at least though. Um, I agree. I agree. uh, They're a fringe playoff team. Yeah. I just, it's going to be weird Their next year. offense because... gets – oh, sorry. Sorry. No, Go it's too fine. It's just college football is so hard to predict. Alabama and Georgia are going to be the best two teams in the country. Ohio State is going to be so good with Stroud and Smith and Jigba. Uh, Clemson's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the SEC. Michigan could be good. I just – just so many factors that go into it, and every game truly matters in college football, so – yeah, it's just Wisconsin has always been one of those teams where they went 
nine and four this year and their offense was fucking putrid. It was just, it was unwatchable. Um, and that's a big case because Graham Mertz was one of the big reasons for that. He started off the year really well. And then just, oh, he went downhill in the middle. And then he kind of came back near the end a little bit uh, where they got to play Iowa. They lost to Iowa and then Iowa went to the, um, obviously the big 10 championship and they ended up playing in the Vegas bowl where Graham Mertz played well in that game. I'll give him that. He was good. Uh, but Caleb Williams would take this offense to a whole other level. I do think they would be a top 10 team easily top eight, probably. And they would be in the playoff conversation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. There's actually a take that just came in on the phone. It's from a, uh mert model you know who that guy is not really sure um, from wait wait oh mert model oh nice um yeah kind of weird anyway uh he said um predict your final four for this season oh god oh man i'll give you time to think um i can go first um and i'll give some uh in-depth analysis because this is maybe the only time i'll talk about we can talk about college basketball for our uh when sully's not here we can talk about college sports it's very nice (laughs) tell me about it um before (laughs) dude i'm telling you for our bracket prediction pod i will never i'm not sleeping that night i'm going to make sure i get it exactly right and we're getting a perfect bracket anyway the thing is we all think how we did the bracket pod last year we did it where each one of we had three of us we on all of us vote on each game and yeah. it was two or three so you might not get your bracket i know we'll, we'll see we'll see um but anyway i'm gonna go with kansas as the one as yeah. i think kansas is gonna be there um i'm gonna go with gonzaga yeah. i'm gonna go with houston I think Houston so good. And the fact that Kelvin Sampson doesn't have a better job at Houston is blows my mind. Um, my fourth seed, I'm kind of going in, uh, in between a couple of teams want to put Texas tech, but I think that's too much of an obvious choice. Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky. Mm. I think when Kentucky is healthy, which I think that that's the thing though, if Ty Ty can never stay healthy, and if Ty Ty Washington is healthy for them the whole tournament, I think they're easily a Final Four team. Okay. I'm going to go with Zaga. I will go with – I always – Kurt, you have no idea. I'm always so high on Purdue. I just we, always am. We we both were last year, and uh, I was so high on Purdue last year, and they're they good. Hurt my soul. They're probably a top five offensive team in the country. So they are probably. Um, but I don't know if I want to hurt myself again picking them. Yeah, I I will say though, Purdue's roster this year as opposed to last year is exponentially better. Like when you have Travion Williams coming off the bench, yeah, it fucking tells you something. All right, I'll pick Purdue. Fuck it. Um, I'll pick Purdue, Gonzaga. Surprised you're not taking Baylor. I would assume you as a Baylor fan. I don't know. I'll go Baylor. I guess, yeah, I'll go Baylor. And (laughs) 
I got to get like a sixth seed in there. Throw Wisconsin in there. I could do Wisconsin. I could see Wisconsin doing it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they will. I'll go with SC. Okay. Harrison Ingram, baby. Let's give him some, uh, let's give him some hype. Harrison Ingram's the fucking man. Um, All right. Uh, next, last take. Yeah. Of the pod. We have a lot of Aaron Rodgers to Broncos takes. We are not going to talk about that because we'll talk about it. If he requests a trade, we'll, we'll talk about that if that happens, but we will end. I want to like a good stinger, you know, yeah. like a, like a nice one to send us off. Like I see Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. We've done that already. You know, our stances, uh, what's like a juicy one. Does Mert model have another take? Uh, let's see if Mert model does. I can see if I can uh, call him up in the next 20 seconds. Okay. Can you call him up right now? Yeah. Let me call him up right now. Let me read. I mean, I don't want to do a take about Jackie Bradley jr. He was dog shit for us last year. Um, the this one about the Rams is kind of interesting. Let's hear it. Mert model didn't pick up. So the Rams are the next dynasty. Fuck. No, I agree. I don't think so. Fuck no, like a strong fuck no. The thing is, they have two all-time talents on defense. Yeah, uh, they have arguably one of. The, they already have arguably the best defensive lineman in NFL history, um, or one of the top ones in NFL history, and Aaron Donald, who is unbelievable. You have Jalen Ramsey, who's going to be one of the best corners of all time once it's all said and done, probably. And you go on offense, they got Sean McVay, who's awesome. Dynasty, though, they don't have the quarterback to make me feel comfortable in calling them a dynasty. That's what's making me kind of feel trepidatious about that. Um, I'm confident they can build the right weaponry around him and the right offensive line and all that. They just don't have the – because in the NFL – the Patriots are obviously the most recent dynasty you can talk about. Um, but like other dynasties in NFL history, like there's not a lot like the cow, the Niners in the nineties and eighties Cowboys in the eighties. Um, am I forgetting anyone? The Steelers in like the seventies and eighties. Um Anyone else really? Like, there's really no one else. Yeah, no. I mean, that's what I was going to kind of say. I think Dynasty gets thrown out way too much. I agree. Um, what, what, even what the Chiefs are doing now is we overlook it so much. Like, I think Sully does a great job because every time he comes on, and we, I remember last year in the Super Bowl, he just kept praising Mahomes and kept praising this team. And you look at it from like, our standpoint you're like oh maybe i think he's just overreacting but when he says mahomes is probably going to be the best quarterback to ever do it or the most talented that's not an exaggeration the guy is a fucking insane he's absurd right Mm -hmm. and this chiefs team like people don't know people do not know how hard it is to go to the super bowl it is the toughest thing in the world besides i mean you can do that for any sport like i said world series earlier but to get to the like championship is so hard 
there's only a couple, there's only two teams that do it. Um, and they've done it for the past, or at least the AFC championship for the past four years. And they're probably going to go to the third straight Super Bowl. That will not be reciprocated in a long t- while from now. I know the Patriots kind of just did it, but Kansas City is on a whole nother tier. And I don't think the Rams apply to that. Not saying the Rams, I don't think, can be contenders for the next couple of years, but dynasty and contenders are two way different things. Yeah. If you're going to say someone's going to be the next dynasty in the NFL, it's the Chiefs. Like, I, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I don't know how you could argue against that because they have the best quarterback in the NFL right now, um, like bar none. They, are, they could go to their third straight Super Bowl. And they're going to their fourth straight AFC championship, which is crazy um, to think about. And I think if they go to the Super Bowl, they're the heavy favorite. Um, it, question for you. What's up? How much are the Chiefs favored by if they play San Fran? I think a touchdown at least. Five. I think it's going to be five. I, I think it's going to be, I could see five like, and a half. I, I think five to five and a half. I think it could get up to six though before it get kickoff. Because so many people are getting like three and a half, four. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But that's people love betting the Chiefs. And I think, regardless on who it is, the Chiefs will go up, which is weird because the Chiefs went down a point. They started off as plus or minus two. And then I got them at minus one a couple hours before kickoff. Which, what is their, sorry, what's their line against Cincy? Um, seven. It's seven. Yeah. Holy shit. I was thinking about doing Kansas City minus seven because there are a lot of people on Bengals plus seven, actually. Everyone's like, I'll take Bengals for plus 305 money line. I'm like, no, let's not do that. I love, I love Joe. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't take their money line. <laughs> but I, what I really love is San Francisco plus three and a half because everyone is on the Rams and you got to fade the public. Yeah. So, We'll see though. Go against um, the grain. Exactly. I'm excited um, though. It'll be a uh, be a good weekend for betting and for obviously just watching. But yeah, back to the dynasty thing. You can't argue anyone other than the Chiefs. I, I don't think you really can. Like, I, right? They have the best quarterback in the NFL right now. You could argue him or uh, Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen. Don't really care. But Mahomes is the best I think right now. He's also young as fuck. They have him signed for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, good. Does he last the whole contract? Probably. <laughs> um, and the thing is, though, when you're getting towards the end of that contract, <laughs> it will not even look that bad financial wise. Nope. Quarterbacks that are like star quarterbacks at that time are probably going to be making like 60 mil. Yeah. Not even kidding. Cause it's unreal. The NFL is only going up. Um, yep. And then you have, they, they have a ton of young talent on that team too. Like the only thing they have to really replace, I think, is as long as they keep rotating in solid defensive players to make a just an average defense or an above average defense, and then you just keep giving Mahomes weapons. Like their offensive line is locked in for the next few years. They're they're a great group, and as long as you you know counteract the loss of Kelsey, but he's signed for another like four years, and then you have. Tyreek, just keep giving them weapons and you should be good. Um, you have everything in place. I I think it's the Chiefs. And they do 
I don't think there's any other team that comes close to it until they start replicating the success that the Chiefs have. Because I think in order to be labeled as a potential dynasty, you already need to be replicating and uh, repeating your success uh, that you already have established. The Chiefs have already done that. They have gone to two straight Super Bowls, could be a third straight. They've gone to the AFC Championship four times in a row. Um, And if they win this next Super Bowl, I think you could definitely just label them as the next dynasty. um, Yeah, I agree. Without a doubt. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, that's all we got. Um, Thank you, guys. Any other comments or concerns, Sam, before I do my goodbye, everyone? (laughs) Um. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything to say? I don't really have any comments. Uh, no, just um, I think it's a shame that not that you probably won't care, but they scheduled the USA soccer game right when the playoffs are. Oh, my God. What? I might watch USA. I'm not even kidding. What? That's unbelievable. It is. It is. That's a travesty. Biggest game of qualifiers yet, and <laughs> unbelievable. But thank you guys for watching. Highlighted All Sports Culture podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to follow us at Instagram at All Sports Culture. Until next time, we will see you guys later.